This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. We're here to talk about the January transfer window. It is now 12 days old, 19 days to go. I'm absolutely delighted to bring back Ryan Taylor, journalist, sports journalist with the Daily Express. Ryan, how are you? I'm all good, thanks, Chris. Thanks for, for giving me the uh, the invite back on. I know it's not been too long since we last spoke, but obviously a lot's changed since then, really. World Cup has been and gone. We're now quite um, deep into the uh, the January fixtures as well and the window. So, yeah, before we know it, the season's probably going to be over. But hopefully uh, this month gives us a, a lot to talk about. Well, personally, Ryan, I'm hoping that Spurs sign uh, a few players to walk in Antonio Conte's starting eleven to improve this team, to improve this squad, and hopefully we can get Champions League football again for next season. Um, now, as I said earlier, we're on day 12. Spurs haven't made any signings as yet. No players have gone out the door either. Um, what are you expecting um, in this um, in this January window for Spurs? I think what Spurs fans want to see and what we'll probably see is probably two different things, unfortunately, which is probably a story that um, you guys will have will have been used to in in recent times. Certainly, um, I, I think Tottenham are certainly open to opportunities, and there's definitely going to be a, a case of looking, um, but. In terms of you know how realistic are sort of big money signings this month, the answer is highly unlikely. Um, I think it will be a case of opportunities looking for um, openings within the squad where there's an area for improvement. We saw last January, Ben Tankor and Kulusevski came in, made an absolutely monstrous difference to the season. Um, if Spurs can land that sort of player this month, obviously both of those fees weren't exactly excessive. I think that's something they'd look to do. But at the same time, um, it's quite clear from what Conte has, has been saying, I know we'll probably come on to it, but with the likes of Brian Hill and Pape Sarr, um, the fact he's looking to keep those players is probably an indication um, from the outside looking in that probably finances are, 
are quite limited this month following a, an excessive uh it wasn't really a splurge as such but you know six new signings in the summer and that's what i'd probably consider to be a, a substantial window from spurs Right. When you look back at um, Antonio Conte's signing so far as Spurs manager, of course, he, he was employed by the club in November 21, uh, had the January transfer window. Benton Kulusevski come in, uh, transformed the team, got us into the top four. We're now playing Champions League football. We were playing Europa Conference League football. What a huge difference. And then, of course, in the summer, we signed eight players. Um, would you say the club have backed Antonio Conte so far? And would you be surprised if they didn't back him now, knowing that his contract ends on the 30th of June? Because surely this is a real opportunity for the club to back the manager. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, you know, that £150 million cash injection last summer was a, a clear indication of, of backing the manager. It's not something we've necessarily seen over the, the past few years few years, um, should I say, with, you know, even with previous managers, they've not necessarily had the same amount of, as same amount of investment, sorry, as Conte did last summer. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, the idea of backing a manager isn't just sort of uh, one big window. It's a, a continual process over a period of time, as we've seen with the likes of Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. Um, I know, obviously, they're probably in a slightly different position right now to, to the current situation at Spurs. Um, but at the same time, I think it's quite clear that Spurs' squad is a, a squad that's in need of desperate investment, really. You know, even though there was eight signings last summer, has the squad necessarily, con in, on a concrete basis, improved? I think when everyone is fit, yes, there's probably an argument for that. But at the, at the same time, you know, the way uh, Spurs are sort of going about their season at the moment is again a, another situation where you can't really say they've moved forward when um you know from the board's perspective they've they they feel like they've backed the manager and put a lot of money in and that's obviously not helping the situation because it's leading to more doubts over Conte's future so I think it's a a mix between there has been backing but the recruitment hasn't necessarily been top draw to um to say he has been heavily backed if that makes sense Ryan, Conte's contract ends on the 30th of June. If you were a betting man, what would you say? Uh, do you think Antonio Conte is going to stay beyond the 30th of June? I personally do. I, I haven't really seen any indication that he's going to walk away. I think the only way that could possibly happen is if Spurs' second half of the season is an absolute car crash. Um, they don't get top four. They don't win any silverware. Um, but at the same time, there's there's also external factors such as Kane's contract, Son's form. And I think there's a very fine line between everything being happy and rosy and at the same time, everything sort of being a crisis. For instance, you only have to look at the weekend's game against Arsenal. You know, say Tottenham win that, Harry Kane scores equals or betters Jimmy Greaves' record. You know, yeah. everything's happy and rosy. You've knocked Arsenal a little bit back in the title race, dented their title hopes. Spurs are very much on track for top four. But if you lose that, you know, Harry Kane's going to be going back into that dressing room thinking, our arch rivals are, are now clear of us when, you know, we've always seemed to have a been above them in, the, in, in recent times. And, you know, where's our season going? We're not going to get Champions League football. We're not going to win a trophy. So it's a very fine line. It's fine margins. And I, I'm very interested to see how it plays out. But 
obviously it, it could go either way and that, that is going to have a big bearing on Conte's future. Meetings have obviously taken place between Daniel Levy, Fabio Prasci and Antonio Conte. What do you think uh, Antonio Conte said to them in the meeting, what he wants and what is he demanding, do you think, in this window? I think it's very clear. I think first and foremost, the forward. Um, although Brian Hill has been very impressive in recent weeks in terms of his uh, development, he's sort of been thrust into the, the fold. Um, I think it's clear Spurs are really lacking depth there. Um, obviously, it's no fault of their own because when Richarlison and Dejan Kulisevsky are fit, you know, Spurs have got one of the best front lines in the, in the Premier League. Let's not make, you know, there's no, there's no avoiding that. Um, but at the same time, you know, the injuries have totally changed the dynamic and the landscape. And I think it's plain to see looking at Spurs' uh, team, certainly in recent weeks, has been a real lack of quality forwards on the bench. I know Lucas Moore is approaching the end of his contract. He's a player that needs replacing. Although he yeah. hasn't had much influence in recent times, he's, he's certainly been a big player for Tottenham in the past five years or, or so since he arrived from Paris Saint-Germain. Um, and also, it just takes a little bit of pressure off you know, the likes of Son. I know his performances have very much been under the microscope. Um, but say Richarlison and, and, and Kulisevsky would fit, it wouldn't be such a talking point. Um, I also think looking at the team as well as maybe a case for a central midfielder, definitely an attacking midfielder, but whether that will happen this month, I, I very much doubt it. Um, and then also you could say at the back as well, there's still problems. Um, I know Conte sort of mixed up his back line in recent weeks. We've seen Jaffet Tanganga return to the fold at Brent Brentford. We've seen Eric Dyer have a bit of a disaster. I think it was against Aston Villa. Um, Longley is obviously he's up in the air whether he stays next season beyond his loan. I don't think he will. So, I mean, you could argue there's a case for investment across the board, even at right wing back. You know, you've got three established right wing backs in Jed Spence, Emerson Royale and Matt Doherty. But there is an argument that actually none of them are up to the required standards for Conte. Right. Before we talk about any uh, in particular players that we're being linked with at the moment, um, can you give us any update on um, all of the stories about the Qatar Sports Investments meeting with Daniel Levy last week? Yeah, so I think it's been quite widely documented. I think it was first reported by CBS Sports that there was a meeting that took place between um, Al-Khalifi, who is the PSG um, president, and also Daniel Levy, but he's part of the, uh, the Qatar Sports Investment. Obviously, they've put a huge amount of money into Paris Saint-Germain, um, but at the same time, they're now looking to invest more money into another club. Um, they bought shares and a significant stake in uh, Braga, the Portuguese club. Um, but there's a sense now that they could be looking to the Premier League to invest. And um, now, as we've seen with Newcastle, with the uh, the Saudi back takeover, you know, although the um, from a, a sports washing perspective. Um, you know, it's not a great look for the Premier League to, you know, just bow down to cash. At the same time, you know, the, the rewards from heavy investment, as we've seen with Newcastle, are, are huge. Um, so I can see why Spurs might be open to those sort of investment opportunities. But at the same time, it's still very preliminary talks. Um, but a meeting did take place with Daniel Levy um, in London. Um, Spurs are obviously not going to confirm the story. They will distance themselves from the reports because at this stage, it's very preliminary and nothing um, sort of concrete. But I would suspect those discussions could potentially lead to something. But at the same time, it's very early stages. 
Would they be talking to other clubs as well? I don't know that for certain, Chris, but I think I would imagine so. Um, I wouldn't imagine Spurs are a team that have been specifically targeted. It's more a case of exploring different avenues. Um, and if you look at the Premier League, you've only got to look at Bournemouth's recent takeover. The money in the Premier League is just its absolutely off the scale. And I don't think there's any other league, um, certainly, that's in the spotlight as much as the Premier League. You know, you could say about the, the Saudi Arabian and Qatar leagues, there's a lot of money there, but it doesn't have the same box office status as the Premier League in terms of it being the most watched league in the world. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if there are other clubs that, that they talk to. But obviously, Spurs with their, their swanky new stadium, their you know, top exciting players, it's a perfect in, perfect investment opportunity. Spurs are a club with a, a huge ceiling, one that you know could explode with the right sort of investment. But at the same time, it's, it's important to keep fans' feet on the ground with this one because it's, it's nothing imminent. It's just exploratory talks. And, uh, you know, this is quite a common occurrence with big clubs in the Premier League. There's a lot of discussions, particularly with Middle Eastern, um, you know, figures that have huge money to play with. Ryan, where a lot of fans want um, the club to invest, you know, a lot of money in these transfer windows, and especially uh, with what Antonio Conte has been coming out with in recent press conferences, it's about 70, you know, 50, 60, 70 million pound players consistently in transfer windows, you know, top players, he calls them, players to walk into the starting 11. Um, now, the trust asked the question to the club last week. Uh, you know, they stated, we've written to the club asking answers to fundamental questions that fans want answered. There are genuine concerns about the situation at Spurs and the direction at the club. Um, what do you make of the trust going to the club and, and, and stating that, uh, you know, the fans want answers. We, we want to know the direction of the club. Of course, we don't know whether Antonio Conte is going to be our manager beyond the 30th of June. Uh, Spurs replied to them and said that, uh, Fabio Prashi would issue a statement after the transfer window. Um, financial results will be released in February uh, and the club are keen to address issues. Um, what do you make of this situation? Do you think that um, it is all going in the right direction or do you think that the club could do more? I can certainly understand the grievances of fans because there's nothing worse as a football fan of having an uncertain future. I know... Um, these are two completely different ends of the spectrum. You know, there, there are fans that generally um, don't know whether their club's going to exist, the likes of Berry and stuff. And this is very much a luxury position for Spurs. But at the same time, that's not to say you can't be frustrated with the way the club's being run and the current direction it's heading in. Um, well, I think Spurs do deserve clarity, certainly on Conte's future. But the only sort of figure that can address that is is the man himself. I think he's given a lot of contrasting messages uh, certainly in the past few months. And there has still been indication that he will actually stay. Um, so it's it's a difficult one. I, d I don't really think Spurs are in a position where they can truly clarify exactly what's going to happen at the moment. I think even they don't know whether Conte is going to stay. I think that's very much what they're preparing for until they're told otherwise. Um, and the plan will be just to continue trying to back the manager in the transfer window. Um, obviously, you mentioned the financial results will be released next month as well. And as again, I again go back to the point I said about the, the happy and rosy situation. You know, if Tottenham finish in the top four and Conte extends his contract, you know, it's, it's again, although, you know, it's not necessarily progress because it's what happened last season. But again, it's Tottenham established themselves as, you know, the best four clubs among the best four clubs in the Premier League. 
Champions League revenue, which is absolutely huge. I can't emphasise that enough. Been looking into a financial story today with Manchester United and the finances you get from qualifying for the Champions League are completely game-changing, not, not, not only in terms of transfers, but sponsorship opportunities and things like that. So it's integral. And I think until Spurs finish the season, it's going to be difficult to have a clear picture of exactly the direction the club hopes to go in. Right, if Spurs don't do any business in this window, do you think that that will be Conte gone in the summer? Not necessarily, because I think ultimately it is quite dependent on, you know, whether they get into the top four. I don't really envisage a situation where Spurs finish outside um, the top four in a disappointing fashion. You know, say they missed out and they they'd done all they could and they were just unlucky. The four teams above them, you know, were on a runner, etc., I think that would be easier to stomach. But if, if Spurs sort of finish the season with a whimper, um, you know, we've seen before Conte can literally get up and walk. We saw it in this, his second season at Chelsea where he finished outside the top four but won the FA Cup. You know, even after winning the FA Cup, he was still prepared to walk away. Um, so I don't know. It, it really, in my, in my opinion, it, it is a toss of a coin. Um, I know that's not really what Spurs fans want to hear. Um, but at the same time, I would also argue that which manager in world football, other than maybe the top, top manager, Pep Guardiola, who wouldn't want to manage Tottenham right now? Um, there is a huge stadium there. There's world-class players. Um, there is still a strong infrastructure, despite you know the concerns of fans. There's a great youth academy. Um, I think Spurs are nicely positioned now to be regardless of where they finish in the Premier League, they are a great sell to any top coach and any top player, um, which I think is important to mention, really. But the only thing I would say on that front is, you know, if, if Pochettino, Mourinho and Conte couldn't deliver silverware or what would equate to success at Spurs, then, you know, they're all elite managers, maybe not Pochettino so much. Um, but you may as well just enjoy the ride. <laughs> We, we we certainly need trophies, Try right? Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, certainly. You know, f- fifteen years uh, now without trophies, we certainly need one. And and as I said all the time, uh, Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte—it's got to happen with Conte. This is why I think that this fan base at the moment really want this manager backed. Now, talking about names, um, one player that we keep being linked with on a daily basis, and that is Pedro Porro of Sporting. He has a release clause of around £39 million. Um, And from what I understand at the moment, Spurs are talking uh, to Sporting about getting this deal done. Uh, But it is whether they want to pay the money up front or in stages. Can you tell us any more on this situation and how confident are you that Spurs will get this deal done in January? You're quite right in what you say, Chris. There are ongoing discussions between Tottenham and Sporting. It's been, you know, pretty well documented, their interest, um, even before the transfer window opened, that Pedro Porro was a, a top target for Spurs. Um, he did impress in both fixtures against Tottenham in the Champions League. Um, but the message being briefed by Sporting um, is quite clear. Same with their manager, Ruben Amarim, that unless they play the, the re- release clause, then ultimately um, the deal won't, won't happen. Um, even though Tottenham... Even if Tottenham uh, did pay the release clause, like you say, it wouldn't have to be paid all in one lump sum. It could be negotiated in instalments as long as that money is paid directly to Sporting um, over the space of a 
an agreed period of time, then the transfer can still happen. But I don't really envisage a situation where Spurs do trigger that release clause this month, um, particularly with three wing-backs still at the club in the same position at right wing-back. Um, I think Alistair Gold wrote a piece today that Emerson Royale's representatives are not actively looking to leave the club. He's very much happy, even though you know his football time, his playing time's deteriorated recently. And, and that's kind of the messages that I've received as well. There's been a lot of links to Emerson Royale with Italian clubs and Spanish clubs. There's actually nothing happening at the moment. Um, and the same actually applies to Jed Spence. Um, there's been so much written about him going out on loan, etc. But my understanding of the Spence situation is he could very much stay at Spurs this month. And I know that might come as a shock to some people because he's simply not playing. Um, but he's, Spence is keen to knuckle down, totally respects Conte's decision. He's really keen to improve and, and make the grade at Spurs. Um, so it does make it quite difficult that none of these players, including Matt Doherty, who has very much improved in recent weeks and shown a great attitude, none of them are actually moving any closer to the exit door at the moment. And and that's not to say something can't happen in the coming weeks because things change very quickly. Um, there does seem to be, you know, an appetite, certainly from a Tottenham perspective, to maybe have a look at sending Spence on loan. But at the moment, there's there's been no movement at the, on that front. No clubs have made an approach and there's been no actual discussion or instruction from Tottenham that Spence will be going on loan. It's just an idea at the moment. Um, and until there's movement with one of those three right wing-backs, I don't see how Pedro Porro can arrive this month. Is there any right wing-back then, Ryan? You're telling me that at the moment you don't feel that a right wing-back will come in in this window? It's difficult to say, Chris, to be honest. But, you know, you've, you've got one position on the field and if you're bringing in another player that makes it full. Um, I just don't personally see it, but it depends how much, well, how prepared Tottenham are to, to satisfy Conte and back him. We know he's a player that he wants. We know he's a player that would probably automatically slot into the, the starting eleven. So from that perspective, it could be money worth investing for Spurs, particularly yeah. given it's been a little bit of a weak point. Um, but as I say, you know, Spurs need to, move players on, particularly in that department. They're very, uh, they're stacked with options there. Um, I actually think Emerson Royale and Jed Spence are very marketable players that if Spurs did want to clearly push them towards the door, I don't think they'd be short of suitors. But at the moment, there isn't actually anything concrete to suggest that they will be leaving the club this summer, despite what is actually pretty much rumoured, you know, most days on, on social media, etc. Ron, if I had to ask you for a prediction or a guess, Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes. How many Spurs, How many players Spurs will sign in this window? What would you say? 
because, because do it. is that the question? The, the reason I ask that question is because if Spurs make any signing in this window, it has to be a right wing back. Yeah, you're right. You are right. So it, it does make it a difficult concept, really, um, because you know the signs are, are pointing towards the fact Tottenham do need to strengthen in that department. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it it does mean if they if they're going to push ahead with that one of these players is going to basically be cast aside because you're not going to have three right wing-backs on the bench every game. Um, but uh, there's such a long way to go in the window. It's still around about 20 days. So, so much can happen in such a short space of time. You know, we could wake up tomorrow and there'd be a new link to someone and, and things can move very quickly. So, I still think Spurs will recruit this month because ultimately, I've said this before on, on your on your channel, that a good transfer window can ultimately prove the difference between finishing in the top four and finishing outside, particularly with the likes of Newcastle in the mix now. Um, we know United are tight of cash there, exploring the loan market without Veghorst going there. Um, Liverpool are in need of someone, but you know they've already brought Cody Gakpo, so they've, they've improved. Um, and then you've got Chelsea, who we expect to continue spending. They've brought in Jao Felix. So, you know, a good transfer window really can be the difference. So, I do think Spurs need to seriously consider, you know, making a few um, new new adjustments to their squad, as we saw last year with Kulisevsky and Ben Tankor, and they were difference makers. So anything yeah. that could replicate that would certainly be worth pursuing from a Tottenham perspective. Ryan, you reported um, a couple of weeks ago um, stating that uh, Spurs were interested in 20-year-old Bayer Leverkusen and Ecuador international defender Piero Incapié. Um, yeah. Any news on that one? Could Spurs get this deal done? In this window, or is it, a, is it a summer move? Not this month. I don't anticipate that to happen. But um, it does actually appear that even since that, that first um, initial report that I wrote during the World Cup, um, that Spurs have actually sort of made more positive steps towards that deal, which would suggest actually it could be one that's set up for the summer. Um, there's discussions ongoing with his representatives. Um, but at the moment, it does actually look like Spurs might push ahead with that one, which... You know, even when I wrote that story in November, the interest wasn't that far along the line. So there has actually been a little bit more um, sort of added to that. Um, the kind of um, deal I envisage that being is, say, Clement Longley uh, goes back to Barcelona at the end of the season. Um, he would be the, uh, Hinkapai would be the replacement for uh, Longley, left-sided centre-back, left-footer. We know Spurs wanted Alessandro Bastoni. They might have another go at that to see whether it's viable and possible. Inter have really sort of uh, stagnated this season. They're not anywhere near where they were this time last year in the, the league table. So Bastoni might fancy a new challenge. The top target was Josco Gavardio, but he's simply out of Spurs' price range at the moment. Um, and I don't anticipate that to change at all. Chelsea had a £77 million proposal rejected loss. Summer by Leipzig, obviously, since then. He's played at the World Cup and absolutely bossed it in defence for Croatia. So his price tag's now going to be sort of over £100 million. So Spurs need to look outside the box. And um, Hinkapai, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but um, he is certainly a player that is on Spurs' radar. Left-footer, young player, really fits that Paratici um, mould of, of the kind of players he loves to, to work on signing. Um, and I think this could be a really good deal for Spurs although it might not seem it at the time, give it a couple of years once he's developed. Um, he's actually a very similar prospect to Davidson Sanchez. I know he's been 
quite disappointing, really, how he's turned out at the club. When he was at Ajax, he was an absolute monster. Um, but I do think this is a, a deal that could be smart for Spurs and, and not too costly. Right, and lots of reports about Leandro Trossard uh, of Brighton. In the last couple of days, they activated a, a one-year extension. His contract now expires in 2024. Um, Spurs are interested. Do you, do you think that this is a possible deal uh, for this uh, January transfer window? Um, particularly, I ask that question because they've um, extended the contract until 2024. It just protects them to, to give them more money, surely. To be honest, Chris, that was always going to happen, the, the one-year extension. it's not, Although it's sort of come into light recently, it was always something that was uh, part of the okay. plan from a Brighton perspective. It, it's not related to Tottenham interest. Um, a lot of contracts in the Premier League do contain one-year options. And obviously, someone like Trossard is of a very high value to Brighton. So it's an absolutely no-brainer to, to trigger that and protect the value. But at the same time, uh, Brighton have tried very hard to extend Trossard's contract and to no avail so far. He's also talked up the prospect of you know, potentially joining a Champions League club or, or making that next step in his career. He's getting slightly older now. Uh, he's still reasonably young, but at the same time, you know, he's realistic that he might not get a chance to make a big step up again if he, if he delays it too long. So I think he is certainly open to any offers that arrive on the table. And if he's not going to sign a new contract, I think Brighton will be as well. You know, come the end of the season, it will be in the final 12 months of his deal. And if he's going to run that down, you know, Spurs, uh, Brighton would certainly have to think about any offer that arrived. We saw the same happen with Hughes Pesuma last summer. 12 months left on his deal, £25 million lands on the table and, and they take it. And they've already invested that back into Moises Caicedo for £4.5 And now he's worth £80 million. So Brighton are the masters of that. And... Uh, you know, Trossard in recent weeks, certainly since Calro Matoma's come into the side, he, he sort of dropped out a little bit, which has surprised him because he, he started the season so well. So I do very much think that's a possible deal for Spurs. Um, the only thing I'd say was maybe, is it a hard sell for the player, even though it's a big club? Is he going to play over Hyun Son or, you know, these other wingers when, when everyone is fit? I don't think so. Does he want to sit on the bench? I don't know. Maybe there's another opportunity that arises, but it's certainly one to keep an eye on. Ryan, is there any names that you can give us that Spurs are currently looking at at the moment and uh, you know, any names that could be a possible signing in this window? To be honest, we've, we've covered the ones that you know, are the main sort of attractions at the moment. Um, you know, Spurs, have, it's been very quiet on the transfer front with Spurs and I know that's not what fans want to hear, but at the same time, there there just isn't anything actively going on to my knowledge at the moment. Um, obviously, there is stuff that goes on behind the scenes, but um, at the moment, it's, it's very quiet. There's not been any sort of offers. I know Ruslan Malinowski was a, a real possibility for Spurs. It wasn't one that yeah. they were actively going for. It was just a player that was appreciated by the club. Um, there was a situation at Atalanta where they were prepared to move him on. Um, but Marseille moved quite quickly to get that done. I think if Spurs wanted to do that, they would have done it. Um, but the fact they were looking probably does suggest that actually they are still open to that forward signing that we've discussed. Um, but I would also say, I think I mentioned it earlier in the, in this video call, but the emergence of Brian Hill and, and Pape Matasar in recent weeks has been such a huge positive for Spurs because Conte's really seen something that he can work with. I know Saar returned early from the World Cup when he was expected. Um, and the time he spent on the training field has really left an impression on Conte. 
Um, and I think Spurs have actually got a, a wonderful player there in in Saar. Um, I I expect him to be sort of frost in more in in the coming weeks. I don't expect him to leave on loan despite interest from Salernitana in Italy. Um, and Brian Hill is you know is clearly highly rated by Conte. I know there's been comparisons to Bernardo Silva, and that is you know really high praise. And and we're starting to see now Hill really sort of uh, relax a little bit and, and showcase his quality. Just needs to bulk up a little bit, I think, get in the gym. Um, but the technical side of his game is is really superb. Right, I think you're right. A couple, a couple of weeks ago, I think all Spurs fans would have expected Saar and uh, Brian Hill to go out on loan. But of Absolutely. course, Antonio Conte has, uh, you know, been playing them um, and, and they've played well, uh, you know, I might add. Um, what players in this Spurs squad could you see going out in the January window? Because I would have certainly have said those two. The only one I can really see, and you've covered Jed Spence already, the only one I can really see is Javit Tanganga. Can you think of any others that could possibly go out the door this summer? Uh, sorry, this window. No, I think what you just mentioned, Jaffet Tanganga is a, a very much a possibility. I know there's been a lot of interest in him, um, certainly in the past two years. I remember um, it didn't happen, but he came really close to joining West Brom two years ago. Um, there's also been interest in uh, from Italy in Tanganga and conversations with his representatives. I think Spence is one to definitely keep an eye on. Um, because obviously if Poro comes in, um, but also, you know, Spence just isn't playing at the moment. It doesn't really make sense to to just keep him on the bench if there, are, there is an opportunity for him to go and play football regularly somewhere, particularly in the Premier League. Um, and, and as you mentioned, you know, Brian Hill was, was definitely a player that if um, Spurs signed a, a replacement this month that he could probably depart. Um, I think that could have been a different story if Kulisevsky and Richarlison were fit. At the moment, mm. I think Hill could have gone, um, very much so. He was very close to rejoining Valencia on loan in the summer, but Conte actually stopped the deal from happening at the 11th hour because Spurs didn't have a replacement. And he's, he's always been quite um, bullshy on that, Conte, that unless there's a replacement, he's not going to offload the player first. Um, yeah. you know, we've seen with Bessic Taps in the past few days with Valt Weghorst. They, they didn't want to let him go to Manchester United until they had a replacement. But in the end, they've cracked. Um, although they expect to get a replacement, they've let their course join United. And I actually think at Tottenham, that's not likely to happen. Unless a replacement is there, the player won't be allowed to leave. Right, I'm going to um, throw some names at you. Um, just give me a quick uh, sentence on them, whether you think it's rubbish or whether you think Spurs could possibly sign them in this window or the summer window. Uh, yeah. Wilfred Zaha. Possible, I'd say. Um you know, expiring contract, we don't expect him to sign a new deal with Palace. Um, he could be one that, you know, given there's no transfer fee involved, definitely possible. Don't envisage a move this month, but maybe at the end of the season. Adama Traore. I would say unlikely now. I feel like that ship might have sailed, but at the same time, he's a, a player very much appreciated by both Conte and Paratici. Um, obviously, uh, Paratici tried to sign him at Juve before he came to Spurs. Um, and there was a, a close deal, I think, this time last year. Um, and he's out of contract in the summer. So, yeah, there is still a chance, but I would say unlikely now. Anthony Gordon. I think unlikely as well, to be honest. It, it's, it's clear that he is a genuine target and someone that's strongly admired. But um, he seems to be close to a new Everton contract. And... 
if you take that into account, how much Everton are likely to demand for Gordon, um, you know, we are talking sort of over the the money Spurs paid for Richarlison, which was 60 mil, including add-ons. I don't envisage Spurs paying that much for someone who's not going to be in their starting eleven. Frank Kessie, there's there's been a lot of reports about him possibly coming on loan. I'd say pinch of salt with that one. Um, Barca <laughs> do sort of need to um, potentially move him on. They've got a lot of players within their squad. You know, their recruitment has been absolutely crazy. You know, they've they've been on the brink of um, bankruptcy and, and crammed in all these players, but actually there's not really enough room for them. Um, so in that sense, you know, there is a chance Kessie could depart. I'm not sure if, if Spurs were going for him, but you never know. Harry Maguire. I'd I think say, that's all. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if it happened, it wouldn't actually surprise me, but I don't think there's anything in that at the moment. And also, given United paid £80 million for him, I think they're going to be looking to recoup a, a big fee close to maybe £50 million, And I, I don't see who's going to pay that. Um, but I don't think he would be the worst signing in the world. But at the same time, I think Spurs will be looking to go in a different direction. I certainly hope so. Um, Sofran Amrabat. Of course, we were we were heavily linked with him in the last January window. Had a fantastic World Cup. I think maybe been and gone now. I think obviously Spurs were really close to signing him, and uh, you know at the time it was one that was deemed underwhelming by fans. They they really didn't want to sign him, but I think now Spurs would happily take him. Um, but I do think he's a little bit too similar to Pierre Emil Hoiberg. He's a although he's not uh, he's a bit more defensive minded than Hoiberg. He's sort of a, a a warrior in the middle part, middle of the part that breaks up the play and moves the ball forward. Um, I don't really think that's what Spurs need at the moment. But again, he would improve them. So don't see why they wouldn't be interested. Weston McKenney, that is a name that just keeps coming up every window. I would say that that is a, a very realistic target. Um, he's someone that Spurs have held talks about in previous transfer windows. Um, again, there's the Juve link to Paratici. Um, I think everyone saw at the World Cup when USA played England that he was a very capable midfielder, very dynamic. Um, I think actually England were overrunning midfield that day um, and McKenney was a big part of that. I think he gives something different. He's a box-to-box player, all-action midfielder. I think it'd be a very smart signing for Spurs. So uh, I don't know whether about this month, but I've seen a lot of links to the likes of Bournemouth and Villa. So it would suggest Juve would maybe be prepared to sell. So uh, you never know. What about Denzel Dumfries? I don't really see that one happening, to be honest, Chris. Again, it goes back to that that point about the, the right wing-back situation. Um, also, you know, Dumfries is going to cost the same amount as, as Pedro Porro. So Spurs seem pretty set on signing Pedro Porro. So I don't really envisage them. You know, if anything, Dumfries would probably cost more. So I do think Porro would be the top right wing-back target. Any chance, Ryan, of a cheeky bid for James Madison? No, not this month. Um, I also think Leicester are going to demand a silly figure for, for him. I'm talking sort of close to 100 million, 80 million. Um, I don't see him leaving Leicester this month. I think there is a chance at the end of the season he might look to move on. Obviously, he's at a great age now where he probably wants to play Champions League football. Started the season like a house on fire, but has had a, some frustration with injuries. Um, I think he is a player that Spurs could target, certainly. 
whether he's the right fit for Spurs, I'm not quite sure. I still think they're better with a, a 3-4-3 as opposed to a, a 3-5-2 with an attacking midfielder. Uh, but at the same time, who wouldn't want to sign James Madison at the moment? Absolutely, yeah. Um, Ryan, we've currently got five players out on loan. Um, four players that didn't get on the plane to South Korea in the summer. There's Celso, Undombele, Winks and Regulon. And of course, Joe Roden is also out on loan at the moment. These five players, what's the chances of Spurs possibly offloading them on a permanent deal this month or indeed the summer? This month, I would say it's tough for all of those, um, particularly Joe Roden, who's had a, a little bit of a tough time at Stad Ren, um, certainly in, in recent times. And, and that doesn't even cover the uh, the experience Harry Winks has had at Sampdoria. He's barely kicked a football. Um, I do think at the end of the season, it will be time for Spurs to knuckle down and get fees for all of these players. You know, whether that's any anything close to what they want for them, because they paid big, big money for some of these, particularly Lacelso and Ndombele. Um, yeah. Ndombele has actually performed really well at Napoli. Um, I know there was a little bit of a, a clip the other week gone viral of him having a, an argument with Spalletti, but um, the indications are that Napoli probably would be interested in, um, in signing him permanently, which is completely contrasting to last summer when Ndombele went back to Lyon on loan and actually flopped. Um, so I think there is a good chance that Spurs recoup some of these fees. I was actually listening to an interview of Declan Rice the other day and he was asked who was um, who was the most difficult opponent he faced. And he, he named a few, but he actually said Ndombele for the, um, you know, the reputation he has at Spurs of, you know, maybe being lazy. He said he's a proper street footballer. He gave me a really hard game. So the talent is definitely there. I think he just needs to be signed by the right team to sort of um, bring the best from him. But I, I still think he would be worth a punt for, you know, any European club looking to, to sign some, a bit of a, you know, a different option in, in midfield. Ryan, lastly, um, on Sunday, of course, it is the big one, the North London derby. And of course, Spurs then travel to the Etihad Stadium next Thursday. Uh, we've got a huge week coming up. Um, how do you see the North London derby going? Um, I don't want to sit on the fence too much, but I am going to have to say I, I envisage a draw. I think Spurs will be rallied up for this one. They'll be fired up. You know, there's the added incentive that if they get a result, um, you know, dense Arsenal's potential title prospects. Um, but at the same time, I do think Arsenal are sort of, uh, they're, a, they're a cut above Spurs at the moment, unfortunately, I'm sorry to say. Um, but at the same time, I, I do think that the home advantage, you know, we saw what a difference that made last season. I know yeah. this is a different team, but, you know, Spurs generally at home are pretty strong and, you know, they're not going to need any added motivation to get up for this game. Um, I think one all. Um, yeah, I don't envisage Tottenham winning, unfortunately, but at the same time, um, it wouldn't be a great shock to me if they if they did. Yeah, we certainly need that atmosphere again back in May. It was an incredible atmosphere. Um, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on again. And please tell everyone about your YouTube channel. You've just released a new video uh, with lots of transfer information. Yes. Um, I feel like I always say this, but I've, I've kind of struggled to keep on top of it. Um, it's obviously not one of my priorities, my YouTube channel, because I'm doing so much reporting in the week um, and, you know, writing stories that, you know, sometimes it is nice to, to switch off. But I did just do a transfer Q&A yesterday in which I asked fans to send in questions. Um, and I basically just go through all of them answering questions. There's loads and loads of information on there. I don't think there's too much Spurs, but lots of 
I know Spurs fans don't want to know about Mudrick, but obviously that's a, a saga that might be of interest to, you know, the implications it may have on the top four race. There's loads of Aston Villa in there, stuff on Arna, Dan Juma, Yusuf Makoko. Um, but yeah, to be honest, most of my stuff is actually done on Twitter now. Uh, my handle's at Ryan Taylor Sport. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of the stories I get and work on in the week, the information's posted there. Um, but I am trying to ramp up the YouTube activity now. And I like to do the Q&As. They're quite, they're quite fun. Um, and they, they allow me to cover all bases and all clubs. So I'll certainly be looking to do uh, more of them before the, the window closes. Well, we'll put all of your links in the uh, in the um, description box below, Appreciate Ryan. So thank people, you, Chris. People can find you and uh, watch your videos and uh, follow you on Twitter. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on again. Thanks so much for all of your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, no thanks problem. for watching, thank everybody. You. And thanks for listening. And uh, I will see you in the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.